I'm Paul Levinson, and welcome to Light On, Light Through, episode 192. My review of the first two episodes of the Foundation series, which premiered on Apple Plus TV today. Well, you know, I've been talking about and thinking about Isaac Asimov's original Foundation trilogy and then in the 1980s when he expanded it, both with prequels and sequels into a series. I've been talking about that and thinking about that most of my life. And, as I've been saying on Twitter and Facebook and any place else with an ear or an eye, I've been waiting most of my life to see Asimov's Foundation stories put on a screen. And that's surely a prescription for disappointment when that finally happened. But... I watched the first two episodes of Foundation early this morning, shortly after 12 a.m. New York time. I did get some sleep since then, so that feels like yesterday, but technically it was today. And you know what? I thought those first two episodes were superb. Now, not perfect for sure, but more than enough for me to be not disappointed, but thrilled. Now, first, let me say that in general, when I do a review of a movie or a TV series based on a novel or story I previously read, I try not to get too tied up in comparisons Because the screen and the page are, after all, very different media with very different necessities of expression and portrayal. But Asimov's stories, his foundation stories, are so incandescent, it's just not possible to ignore them when thinking about the television series. And I thought the first two episodes of the series did capture the best parts of the Asimov stories. The primacy of mathematics in predicting the broad currents of history, but not the actions of individuals. That duality came through powerfully in the first two episodes. And let me say here that psychohistory that Asimov posited as a future mathematical science, well, way back in the 1940s, which is when he started the stories, and they were published in Astounding, a magazine that later changed its name to Analog, and where I had a lot of stories published over the years, like my Phil D'Amato stories and the Lucent saga. But even back then in the 1940s, psychohistory was no mysterious, unfathomable, magical kind of mathematics. It was statistics. It was just statistics writ large. And today, when we use statistics to predict elections and all kinds of things. We do random 
surveys. Random is a good thing when it comes to surveys because it means that everyone who appears in the survey has an equal chance of being selected and represents, therefore, the overall population that much better. Well, we do that every day now. And so all psychohistory is is using that on a grand level. But obviously to predict broad currents in history or in the future, that is using the broad currents which will be history in the future to predict that future, that's something that's very different than predicting the actions of individuals. And that was especially the case in the stunning ending of the second episode. Now here, a big spoiler is going to follow, so stop listening if you haven't seen the first two episodes and come back when you have. But that stunning ending would be Harry Seldon murdered by his adopted son, Raish on the ship to Terminus. I don't know if I like that. Actually, I do know I did not like that, and I'm not sure it was sufficiently motivated. But it certainly was traumatically shocking, and it amply demonstrated the unpredictability of individual behavior. I thought Cleon's clones, though, on the other hand, were somewhat predictable. Certainly the cruelty of Brother Day. But the relationship between the boy, Brother Dawn, the old man, Brother Dusk, and Brother Day was very interesting, even fascinating, and I thought it was one of the best parts of the TV series, not in the Asimov stories. I also really loved the scene on the ship to Terminus with Harry talking to the workers in the laundry room. It was good, it was even comforting to see the esoteric mathematician being such a true man of the people. Seldon was never really fleshed out on Asimov's pages, and Jared Harris did a fine job of doing that in the first two episodes of this series. As I was watching them, it occurred to me that foundation in these first two episodes was probably most like David Goyer's Da Vinci's Demons. And that makes sense, since Harry Seldon and Leonardo da Vinci were both geniuses who, in their own ways, predicted the future. Da Vinci, of course, had all kinds of diagrams of submarines and helicopters. He was way ahead of his time. I thought the trial of Harry was also very effective. As it was in Asimov, it evoked Galileo on trial for his life and his ideas in the Vatican. Now, in addition to Jared Harris, Lou Lobel is doing a fine job as Gail Dornick, who, as I'm sure you all know, was a young man mathematician in Asimov's stories and good for Goyer and the people who made this television series to 
turn some of these male characters into women. And the name G-A-A-L, I don't know how it was pronounced in the book because it was a written book. I always pronounced it Gaal Dornick, but certainly could be Gail Dornick. And she had an excellent expanded role in the TV series, not only as a mathematician, but a human being. Lee Pace, or Apache, I'm not sure how to pronounce his name, is powerful and believable as the powerful Brother Day. Robots played no role in the original Asimov trilogy, and an increasing role in the sequels and even in the prequels, and eventually Asimov merged his two great trilogies, which would be the Foundation Trilogy and the Robot Trilogy. So, it was good to see Demersal in the TV series, but I'm not quite sure what I think as yet of the way Laura Byrne is portraying Demersal and the role that she has uh, in the series. And this is not the actress's fault. It's sort of, I don't know, the way the character is written at this point. So we'll just have to see about that. And I'll be back here next week with a review of the third episode shortly after I see it next early Friday morning. And I'll be doing both written reviews and podcast reviews of all the episodes of Foundation. And by the way, in addition to Foundation, this is really shaping up as a great fall for science fiction and all kinds of great presentations on the streaming services. There's going to be a new series that Apple TV Plus has been promoting. Invasion is the name of it. I think that starts at the end of October. I'll start reviewing that. Pretty soon there's going to be the Sopranos prequel movie. So all kinds of exciting television to talk about with you in the next few months. The Light on Light Through podcast. Well, I hope you enjoyed that review of Foundation's first two episodes. I'll be back here soon with another review. Certainly next week with a review of the third episode of Foundation, and who knows, maybe with a review or a commentary of something else in between. In the meantime, stay safe, stay well, and enjoy. AD. She ripped the paper in half, then ripped the halves, then ripped what was left again into bits and pieces of history that could have been. Sierra Waters had read once that, years ago, it was thought that men made love for the thrill, while women made love for the sense of connection it gave them. Curled up with a good book says, 
Sierra Waters is sexy as hell. You can find out more about the plot to save Socrates by Paul Levinson at theplottosavesocrates.com. Paul Levinson still codes about an ancient biotech war raging on in secret for centuries. 